on today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly and I are going to continue to give out grades. Today, it's going to be Daryl Morey and Russell Westbrook. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. That's a rhythm. Triple-double Russ, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this for the optics, man. He do this for the Rockets. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo Dekeel. With me, as always, is my friend. Favorite beat writer, just don't tell the other guys. Kelly Eco covers the Houston Rockets for the Athletic. Kelly, how are you doing? What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just, you know, rolling. We got a lot of playoffs. We're we're in the conference finals, which, you know, obviously we know the Rockets aren't in there. Um, but there's a lot of good basketball to watch. So I've been enjoying that. How much have you been watching with considering now you don't have to watch as much? A lot. Um, it's it's always good to see you know good teams play basketball, and I, I'm I'm loving the execution I'm seeing from both teams. I guess uh, in the Western and Eastern Conference, yeah. Uh, that, particularly the Heat. Uh, I'm really I've been really big on the Heat since I, I want to say February, after they got the, the the trade that landed them Iggy and and Jay Crowder. But it's been good. And let me ask you because now we're kind of in the early part of the off season stuff like that how much do you have to do in terms of like with the rockets in terms of how much communication is there with the pr staff are they i haven't heard a word from them yeah okay (laughs) i haven't heard a word from them since game five so it's been a radio silence for a little bit i imagine i mean i mean on one hand on one hand i kind of expect that you know people just want to kind of decompress and get away. It was the same way last season after game six. So it's not new to me. Um, not hearing from them doing like an exit interview thing is kind of it's kind of weird, but I mean, it's part of the business. Well, and, and weird situations, weird times, all that stuff. Uh, there will be news during this run because they still have to hire a coach. I highly right. recommend everybody go back and check out Kelly's coaching carousel article where he highlighted Chris Finch and Kenny Atkinson. I know there's going to be more to come as more names come around from Kelly. And to do that, folks, if you're not already subscribing to The Athletic, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's a dollar a month. You you, you heard me correctly. It's a dollar a month. You pay more for coffee. You pay more for your Netflix subscription for a month. You know, this is a dollar a month. So I highly recommend checking it out. Jump on theathletic.com slash jump on theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard to get in on that annual subscription for just one dollar a month and read all of Kelly's work. He's gonna give you great stuff during the offseason. He he does a good job during the season and off season. See Kelly, I gave you some love. Thank there. you, Mo. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. This is after you tried to rip me away from podcasts last episode. Um What? What? <laughs> Who said that? Uh, <laughs> let's let's dive into it, Kelly. Uh, who do you want to start with, Westbrook or Maury? Let's start with Russ. Let's do it. Interesting season for Russ, right? Like, you know, it it was a bit of a slow start. It felt like 
and then once they went to extreme small ball, he blew up right and was and right. was amazing in that run. You know, then unfortunately comes to the bubble, comes late uh, for you know recovering from COVID, and then when he's finally ready to go, hurts his quad, and then you know just it, it never was fully right. I think in the bubble. Right. What? Uh, and let me read his line for the season. 27.2 points a night on 36 minutes, shot 47.2% from the field, 25.8 from three, 76.3 from the free throw line, 7.9 rebounds, 7 assists, 4.5 turnovers, 1.6 steals, 0.4 blocks a night. That was Russ's stat line for the entire season. Kelly, what's the grade you're giving Russell Westbrook? I think it's a B slash teetering on B minus. I think the cruelest thing that happened to him was the stopping of the season because he was on such a tear after they went small that, you know, I think he was averaging, what, 31, 8 or some 8 and 7 on the most efficient shooting of his career. I think that was the best time he was actually playing basketball. In, in, in any uniform. So I do think going small hurt him. Now, he had a slow start to the season and an, an even slower, you know, ending to the playoffs. So that brings his grade down. But first season in a new system, trying to adapt to James, trying to adapt to, you know, Mike's system, spacing all the shooting around him. It was okay. I mean, obviously, you want to see more in the playoffs. Um, and that's where he should have actually played better. But I do think he came back from the injury too early. Um, we don't know how much COVID affected him, his body, physically. Um, so you kind of have to give him not a pass, but you have to use a curve, if, if, if that makes sense. So I will give him a, a B, probably 82, 82 over 100 for the season. There you go. That's that's like a B minus though where I come from. I don't know your grading system. Well, eighty two is a, a, <laughs> you're being nice. So you just want to say B. Okay, so we're gonna <laughs> leave it at that. It's interesting because if we didn't see the playoffs, I probably would have given him an A right. for for the season. He started slow, but for what he did when they went to extreme small ball and the way he took things to another level. And the most important thing, Kelly, and this was the big one, the big caveat, he had stopped shooting a ton of threes, which was always been the biggest problem with Russ was that he would shoot a ton. And he even kind of cut down on the mid-range pull-up jumpers, which were definitely not his game. Like it was just, he started to go full board attack when they went that extra small and, you know, I mean, shoot, it was winning them games. They were they were balling out. It was the best Russ had looked in his entire career, it felt like, you know, and that's saying a lot considering he won an MVP averaging a triple-double, you know, but there was the most efficient we've ever seen Russ, and everybody was like, wow, this is amazing, and this was impressive. And I think that sort of stuff was great, but we saw what happened when he got to the playoffs. It just sort of continued, and he, he ended up doing – the same things all over again. You know, he was shooting more threes. He was shooting more mid-range pull-ups. And it led to the problems. And we know the injury stuff. We know COVID. We know the quad and all those things and all those excuses. But that doesn't change decision-making. 
Right. And 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 so you know he he kind of got a, a, a C minus for me from the playoffs. So I kind of got to go down and I know it's not great podcasting, but we I, I kind of agree with you and, and go B minus. Or you gave him a yeah. B, but technically a B minus when you did the numbers, you, sc- <laughs> you screwed yourself. Um, but <laughs> it was a it, to me it, it's it's a a B minus, and I think just because I'm always going to put more weight towards the playoffs than than the regular season when you're a team that says you have championship aspirations. Yeah, that's fair. Um, also, you know, just given the expectations of what he was supposed to bring to them, you know, something different than Chris Paul from what we heard. Over, over two years, um, the way they kind of flamed down the playoffs was a bad look on him, especially because going back to what you said, the decision-making was the biggest part. You know, he was playing out of control, uh, too many turnovers, too many mishaps. And I think for a team that has um, as high as championship expectations as Houston does, um, there was no way they could survive against a Lakers team of all teams, with him playing like that. So that brings him down quite significantly from, you know, the small ball. Because during the small ball era, like the, the beginning of it, he was arguably their best player. Like There were nights where he would come into the arena and teams would scheme to stop him, not James. Like, that was their number one goal. And that was just a testament to how well he was playing. But the the transition, I guess, from that to... What we saw game five, him, you know, getting into it with Rondo's brother is just a bad look. So I think the B, the B minus is fair. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, the one thing I'd say is that stuff's got to stop, but that stuff's never going to change. Like, that's just been him throughout his entire like, career. Oh, 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 like the emotions and everything? Yeah, yeah, the emotion side of it, the the arguing with Rondo's brother in the bubble and, and, and things like that. Like, and, and we can make a big argument on, like, yo, Rondo's brother needs to kind of chill out on the sidelines. But you know what? Fans do that all the time in the arenas and opposing arenas and stuff. And as long as it doesn't cross the line like we saw in Utah, you know, it's 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 not a uh, crazy thing. But I ultimately, though, think like just the big thing for me, the turning point for the season was when it almost felt like they shifted the team over to Russ. You know, and it became a very Russ-centric team. Now, part of it was defenses were doubling hard and, and things like that, but... The team, it felt like, was only going to go so far as far as Russ took them. And that's where I think the failure was. And that's where that kind of, that stuff sort of led to those issues. And, I mean, it's just hard, man. It's tough. And it's tough knowing that you're going to be banking on Russ now the next few, you know, few years at such big money. Yeah, the money, the money is huge. Um, I wonder, like, down the line, if they... Not, it's hard, it's hard to explain this. Um, the money's a lot. <laughs> and it, 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 and one thing it does is that it hampers your ability to, to maneuver as a team. You know, you always want to improve around the edges. 
um, get better in certain places. But between James and Russ, that's what? That's almost $80 million per year between two guys. When you throw in Eric Gordon, you know, now it's pushing 100 between three guys where two of them you know, didn't come to play. Like that's that's hard as a, as a front office to, to deal with. Um, but speaking of the front office, you know, our next guy is Daryl Morey. Yeah, no, it, it, you you led us perfectly, Kelly, right into the segue of it. So we have Daryl Morey, front office GM, running the show. You know, there's no stats to really run off. <laughs> he didn't average any minutes. He averaged zero points, um, <laughs> Kelly. But overall, with how the team was built going into the season, the moves made during the season – what is your grade for Daryl? Oof, this is a hard one. Um, give me a minute. Let me let me think about that. Uh, well, let's 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 remind people some of the stuff that happened during the season. Obviously, I mean the let's account for the, the Westbrook for trade. He the the signing of Eric Gordon to an extension. Um, you know the. The moves, you know, signing uh, Daniel House to yeah. a three-year, $11 million deal. Uh, and forgive me, folks, if I'm forgetting some. There, there there, were a lot, right? But bringing in Ben McLemore as a reclamation project. Okay. Um, and then you look at the the trade that brought them Robert Covington and, and okay. getting and, and, and shipping out Clint Capella. And then, you know... We, the guys they brought in going into the bubble, Tabo Sofalosha says he's opting out. Right. They bring Luke Umba, Luke Rich Umba Mute, who I don't think played a single minute. Um, they let go your favorite guy, Isaiah Hartstein, your your boy. Um, what's what's with all that in mind? What's your grade for him in the bubble? Hey, I'm Taz Malice of No Dunks on the Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me, getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt, because I tuck it in. I got a no dunks monogram, and I decided against a shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable, and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America. Or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS, not ass, TAS, T-A-S, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code TAS. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. I mean, seriously. 
Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and most importantly, totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and again, most importantly, discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com beard and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, folks, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of that issue. Go to Roman.com beard today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com beard. GetRoman.com beard. Oh, B minus. Right. Well, why? Uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking him down for the Air Gordon extension. I'm taking him down for a bit for the Covington trade. Um, I'm taking him down for. Well, I'm giving, I'm giving him credit for the house extension. That was, that was great value. I'm giving him credit for bringing in Jeff Green, bringing in Ben McLemore. Um, I'm going to take off credit for Demar Carroll for Lucan Bamute. Uh, for for cutting Hardenstein, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, well, when you evaluate the team at the end of the day, you say, "Did Daryl Morey put the Rockets in a chance to win the series against the Lakers?" Um, kind of. Like, it's not. It's inconclusive. Like for him. So, if you're going back to the playoffs. I would have given a C plus for the season because, you know, they just didn't have the personnel to 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 beat the Lakers, and that's on Daryl Morey. That's that's the guy who who makes the calls. But you can't forget the off season. You can't forget the season prior and and the the summer in between and the extensions and all that stuff. So I'm gonna go ahead and say B minus. Okay. I'm actually it's it's been such a up and down for me with with the decisions that they made i'm going to see and 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 here's the reason why oh wait before we do that you said something that was interesting why are you dinging him for the covington trade because i don't i'm not sold yet on if that was going to be a better move for them you know going forward if you look down the line i'm not sold i, I just don't think too many teams would trade, you know, an up-and-coming center on, on a team-friendly contract, uh, you know, to get Robert Covington. I, I understand that Russ and him didn't have the greatest pick-and-roll chemistry and the spacing was a concern, but there are ways to work around that. I, I think they kind of rushed things and they panicked a bit, and that's why I'm giving him – I'm taking off points for that. Okay, we we disagree on that because I think that was a positive thing, and 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 I'll get to it. Why I'm 
dinging him for the Gordon extension because it just put them in a situation where they couldn't use him as a trade chip. You know, when when they signed him to the extension, they couldn't trade him for six months after the the signing of it, and that took him past the the trade deadline. Now they might be able to use him this off season, which I think they will ultimately. But there was holes that they could have u- filled this season to help this team kind of get to the next level, and and I think that was a a mistake on his end. I thought the Covington trade was a good trade, Kelly. And the main reason why was the team, the way it was currently constructed, wasn't going to do anything. So they took a swing. He, he did something most GMs don't do. And I got to give him credit for that because that's one of those things where he just said, look, the way this team's built, we're definitely not winning. You know, we're not winning it. Let's just change it up. Let's do something crazy. Let's let's see if this works and, and, and put out this trade and then said we're going extreme small ball. So, they, well, well on, on to that point, I'm not saying it was a bad trade. Don't, let me not, let me clarify. That's no, what no, I'm you're looking at the long term. You're looking at the yeah, long term. yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at it long term. Not like in in the moment. Yes, that was the trade they had to make. You know, to to maximize space and give the Rockets another you know great defender. Um, and Kelly, it's it, fair. It's I'm, fair I'm, I'm to look at, at it in the long term. He's the yeah, GM. Yeah. That's his job. Yeah, I'm looking at it long term. So yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. His job as a general manager is to weigh short term and long term decisions and figure out which one's right for this team. The thing I like about it is, you know, and I don't think they're going to, and I don't think they should. But Covington's a movable guy. If they put Covington on the block tomorrow, they're going to get a bunch of great offers for him. You know, and when I say great offers, they're not getting like a superstar. But they're going to get a, a, a guy here. You know, they're going to be able to get draft picks and a, and a young piece if they really wanted to move Covington. So right. I think that there's value. He has value in the league. So I think that's why I'm not too concerned about the long-term right. structure of it. That's fair. But, I, but you're fair to, to look at it in that way in, in that sense. So it's not like you're off base. The, one, the other thing that I thought was a big mistake for them and it was going into the bubble, was not getting at least one big man should they have to pivot. They were so committed to this extreme small ball style. Like, they just they couldn't find... They didn't even bother, it felt like, looking at a shooting big man. Well, going into the bubble, I know there was talks of, of them trying to make a move at the trade deadline for, for to find a big man that could help stretch the floor and things like that. But, you know, and I have to look it up you know, but like if Anthony Tolliver was available or a guy like Anthony Tolliver was available to play during the was a free agent going into the bubble like that should have been a guy they signed just to have that on their bench. I mean, they got crushed on the boards in that Lakers series. And this is something we talked about, like they had no alternatives. If small ball wasn't working, they had no way to say, OK, let's go big for this game. They just didn't because and they had Tyson Chandler there, but Tyson Chandler wasn't playing. He ain't play all year. No, so. the, the he like for people who don't understand, like they were never going to use a big man in that bubble for anything. Like that's kind of the reason why they let Harnstein go. Like they they just told him like you're not going to play. Like that's just how it is. So. And, and 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 I was right. Anthony Tolliver signed with the Grizzlies June 23rd. Wow. Like that's a guy they like that's a guy they got it they got to get can stretch the floor could could shoot the ball at least as 
a semi-big man. It ain't like he's going to be. Right. He doesn't fix all your rebounding problems, yeah. but he helps a little bit, you know, and makes, <laughs> it a little, makes it a little bit more yeah. digestible, you know, yeah. and that was such a big issue for me. And it's that kind of stuff, you know, it's you went and got, you know, Luke Umba Mute, David Nawaba, you know, to – and, and David Nawaba is a future piece. It wasn't a guy that they were going to use really for the bubble, but wanted to snag him. But like, you needed to try to put pieces together to win in the bubble. And I just felt like they didn't do that. And that's why he got a C. So, right. you know, um, and, and listen, before anybody goes nuts, I think Daryl's one of the most creative front office general managers we have in the league. I think he's willing to take swings and, and big swings. And when you do that, Sometimes you knock it out of the park. Sometimes you strike out, you know, and you just got to live with those consequences. But we have too many GMs that are always not willing to swing, hoping that they can just get a walk. So I think that's that's kind of why I appreciate Daryl. But I just felt like some of the swings he took this this uh, this season were a bit in poor decision making. <laughs> yeah, that's fair to say. All right, Kelly, as we wrap up, anything you want to add, throw to the fire? You want to compliment me on my good looks? What, what, whatever you got. Um, no, it was, it was a great assessment of Daryl Morey, the, the baseball analogy. I, I really like that. Too many too many general managers in front offices are, are too uh, – they're fine with, with, with pinch hitting, just getting you know a hit or two. They don't swing for the fences. And Daryl Moore does a good job of, you know, being aggressive in that in that aspect. So and creative. And, and creative. creative. Like, you know, coming right. up with the the deals and, and and figuring it out. That's why I always say just never count out you, you know, Daryl and these these things. He'll find a way to make it happen. I mean, they pulled off I think it was a four team trade to get Covington. That's hard. Yeah, and that's why I think and that and that's why I think they'll do something this summer. I just don't oh, on summer. But this off season I just don't know what that something you know will be. Yeah, there's. I, I think there's a lot of moves. I mean, I think after they they pick a coach, there's a lot of moves. I think that'll be made. I think this will be a very different team next season. You know, whenever that may be, to right. th- that that we'll be talking about. But Kelly, I think that's a good place to wrap for today. For Kelly Eco, for Super Producer Andrew Schleck, for me Mo DeKeel, we out.